It appears we've upset the Journal of Commerce. Electric bike sharing companies need to look at the Chinese bike debacle before aggressive expansion. Five years in, China's Belt and Road Initiative looks like a giant debt trap. And Atri makes the case for more hours of service flexibility. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we talk about all these issues and more on this week's episode of What the Trap. That was, that was a good, that, that was, was a, nice. That was a good pop on the uh, Hutton and Smith Promenade. Uh, a local Chattanooga beer. Uh, it's, a gr- it's a great one. And for all of our fans listening here, we can't get one by by you. Uh, I've had a Hutton and Smith Promenade before. So there's a repeat happening. Um, hmm. we I have to say there's a repeat happening on this side too. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got the Bell's Two-Hearted Ale named after the majestic two-hearted river in michigan's upper peninsula it's you know it's just it's like a it's like a combination of macaroni and cheese and a nice (laughs) comfort blanket and you know uh wow you know sinking back into seinfeld reruns and this is every day for you wow i mean every thursday every thursday (laughs) (laughs) okay every thursday you say um, anyway, hey, um, great to be here with you, sipping on um, some suds as we yeah, yeah, bro. absorb the pre-Labor Day news. Headlines of the week. And boy, what a varied bunch they are, JP. Yeah, kind of all over the place. The first one is this really fun um, <laughs> catfight, I guess, that we got into with the Journal of yeah, Commerce. You could have dropped the mic after writing this, but instead, right now, you just dropped the pin. But um, hey, man! Like, like, tell us a little bit about like the so the context is. Let me. I'll I'll set it up for you. And okay. Then you yeah. Can so, let her so tell us about Mariah Baker's article. She and... wrote um, uh, on the uh, the 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 trucker strike that happened three three months ago in Brazil, uh, and gave us a little update on that. And she linked back to the oh. JOC article, a JOC article, yeah, uh, back linking back to her original source. Seemed like a good thing at the time, and uh, and and they have since then told us uh, that they would like us to never link back to their site and never quote use, them. never quote them, or you know, in any way use or refer any of their material or refer to them in any way. Yeah, and so and so they they told us that, and so you know, we were kind of like, okay, that's really weird we for a website to do we can like, accept that you know, the first word in html is hypertext which is hyperlinks the internet is, is links like you put stuff on the internet so people link to it and read it and that's what we were trying to do she basically mariah said like she was writing her own article about the aftermath of the Brazilian trucker strike. And, and she said something like, you know, this person said this to the JOC and then yeah, put a link right it was there. It's perfectly well attributed. Yeah. 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 And like, and they were like, Oh no, like we don't want you to do that. Um, obviously they're like super paranoid. And so actually we were going to, you know, we were going to take this in stride and we we're just going to be like, okay, JOC, no worries. But then, you got a little idea, yeah. Of your well, sleeve. I feel like you handled it. You, you handled it in this 
like philosophical kind of way. Yeah, I was kind yeah. of like, this really shows the difference between old media and new media. Yeah. And to give you a sense of exactly how old the Journal of Commerce is, let's just say that they started <laughs> publication in New York City in 1827. They are, they're older than the New York Times. They are the actual oldest, like, pu- you know, continuous publication in the U.S. as far as I know. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did you look that up? Did you already know that? Like, no, I knew that. I knew that. I mean, really? I, I just, I've dealt with their, their pe- I know people who work for them, you know, we, we, we think they're a great, you know, they focus more on maritime, on containers. They kind of try to do trucking sort of badly, um, and yeah. you know, anyway, and they're anyway. great, and they, but they are very walled off. I, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, well, I, so if you want to read I their kinda, articles, yeah, yeah, I quit it, going to them because I was just like, okay, it's very unfriendly. Yeah, so at Freight Waves, we have a subscription to them, we enjoy the content, we think the writers are top notch, we sure. like the info. If you want to read their, you know, for you know, um, with the truck listeners, if you want to read the Journal of Commerce's articles for the low, low price of $49.99 a month. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it takes. <laughs> As you wrote. Um, and so we were like, wow, like they it's so weird for a website to not want other websites to link to them. Like like we actually pursue backlinks. We want yes. we want people to link to us. It's a measure of our success. Yeah, and like it, it's it's just weird. I mean, it, it might have something to do with the fact that We've stolen thirty percent of their digital audience in the past like four months. Ouch! Um, but we're still trying to give them love. We like them. We're trying to link back and do the For right sure. thing and, and be sort of like, you know, professionals. It's kind of like the the new guard, the old guard, you right? Know? And so, like our thing, it was like you know what I wrote in this piece, um, you know, which you, obviously you can find on FreightWaves.com, is basically information wants to be free. Yeah. We are trying to lower the boundaries to access information to provide market transparency, to enable small actors, uh, you know, empower small actors to get better price discovery, to ultimately create capacity to keep, you know, the economy humming and to keep uh, and to remove friction from the supply chain. And we want to help everybody. We're an equal opportunity news source. We will never hide behind a paywall. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was, it, it was interesting. I mean, you know, I think my favorite part of writing that was when we paraphrased um, Bain's famous darkness speech <laughs> from The Dark Knight Rises. And we said, you merely adopted the internet. We were born in it molded by it like that was like <laughs> i can just hear you talking like like batman like well it was yeah it was, it was um and you quoted um what what, what was it how do you yeah, what, Stu- what, Stuart brand talking to steve wozniak, wozniak. At, the, at the 19 so wozniak is a apple co-founder yes um, the, the techie guy who and, didn't want to do the macintosh right but um at the 1984 hackers conference um, you know, Stuart Brand said information, it wants to be expensive because it's so valuable, but it also wants to be free because the cost of distributing it keeps going down. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're about. We want to provide the best information possible at the lowest possible cost. Um, I feel like we're, we're, we're losing that spirit a little bit in the age of the internet. That spirit, of, you know, there was a, a few years ago, it was even more of like, the internet wants to be free. Now but, it's getting paywally. 
Is yeah. it? You know, it feels like a little bit. I'm glad you brought that back. Well, up. it used to be like the Wild West, and now it's almost yeah. more like divided into like medieval fiefdoms of like every everyone <laughs> everyone on certain social networks seeing what that network wants you to see. You know, it's less of the free and loose, like do it yourself. You know, right? Remember when there used to be like, um, like website like rings, where like one website would link to another website, would link to another website, would link to another website. Um, this no, is back I'm in, not this, real familiar with that. This is back mean, in like the honest. '90s. I was yeah. into hypertext. I'll tell you. Yeah, but that's another topic. Yeah, like know, like, like it used to be like people would build their yeah. own communities. Yeah, I remember. And now and linking was a bigger deal, even yeah. than it, you know, like yeah. to have a super densely hyperlinked story was like was. was, was it still is a huge it, deal, especially it, for search engine it optimization. Is, it is for SEO. Um, but anyway. You know, it really just kind of showed the difference between them and us. And, you know, we didn't take it, you know, laying down. Like, we we're like, okay, if you want to, if you really want us, if you really want to cut us off like that, then we're going to publish it and talk about what this means for, you know, freight market business media. What I thought um, was, was cool about the approach uh, that we took, uh, that your article expressed was simply an observation it was an observation about yeah uh, you know so yeah. that was cool Thro- I, throwing, I, throwing mm. absolutely no shade on the quality of their product their writers yeah the work that they've done but just saying like if they don't want people linking to them they fundamentally do not understand the internet <laughs> i would have to agree with you there bro um okay um so interesting stuff uh leading us off yeah tell me about this um second story this these electric bike sharing companies and you know need to watch out for the Chinese bike debacle before aggressive expansion. Well, what is the Chinese bike debacle? Well, uh, well, uh, well, the, the 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 bike debacle. I mean, uh, you know, was was they they had they had too many bikes. But let's get into that. Um, basically, the the you know um, the lead of the story is Uber has been you know they've been recognizing that. The electric bikes, especially, but just the the, the bike sharing community, have been eating into their eating into their profits, and so um, you know rather you know it's like it's like join them, absorb them, and so that's what's been happening. Uh, they have um, been on this path of uh, extending their services in. They've been diversifying their portfolio. And uh, they they've invested in a couple. Uh, they've made a couple of big a- acquisitions. In April, they acquired uh, bike share startup Jump for about okay. two hundred million, uh, which is significant for a. You're thinking a bike share company, and they invested two hundred million in them. To me, that that's that's significant. Uh, and they also in July, so even later, you know, a few months later, they they. Uh, they entered into the scooter vertical, as our writer Vishnu right, uh, right, right, right. puts it, and, and and they invested in Lime, another bi- electric bike sharing company, and, and in this case they had it was a three hundred thirty five million financing round. The company was valued is valued at one point one billion dollars. Wow! So there's all any, this excitement. Any, any visibility to how much um, Uber put into that round? No, that's a good question. No, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, I'm sure a lot. Yeah, like if it's too, it's there's we can't we shouldn't speculate. But it, it's two very significant investments yeah. in a you know back to back. 
in, in a similar yeah. community. I mean, if you think like, you know, I've written on smart cities a little bit in the past few, um, few weeks. And the, the, as urban you know, centers get di- increasingly dense right. and as parking becomes this increasingly crucial issue. Yes. And, yeah, we're talking we're talking, you know, decades. I mean, it's, it's, this is this no, is well, happening. I mean, it's it's well, no. it's happening. But <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 that thing where it's like you're the frog in the pot of, of <laughs> yeah, warm water. You don't want to be too late. And, the, and, it's, and, it's, and you don't realize when the water is boiling. I mean, you, you look at like a place like you know, even like a mid-sized American city like Nashville or like Austin. Like yeah. they're incredibly congested. Oh, yeah. Like and it came out of nowhere. It seems like. I Atlanta. Mean, I mean, uh, Atlanta is a large city, yeah. but you know, oh, you're e- saying mid-sized. Even the yeah. mid-sized cities, like it's already happened. Like, it, the, pro- the the good, good the major good social well, problems of you know. Inadequate public transportation, extremely high property values, and you know, and just like not like yeah, affordable housing. Like the problems are here with it. It creates this this transportation need, and it does. And I guess I'm suggesting that maybe the solutions are there. Let's be realistic in there, you know, uh, in how they. So you think? So so the, the thesis behind this story is that. A lot of money has been dumped into this. I know, I just thought perhaps I prematurely. No, 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 no. It's no? not the thesis. No. So, like, um, the, uh, the like Uber recognizes the the um, you know that that their this bike sharing community is eating into their profits, and 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 also they're getting stiff competition from Lyft, as we've you know heard yeah, of yeah, a, a yeah. lot lately, and also you know Waymo, whatever their their issues are, they they seem to be surging ahead in the autonomous. The, the, uh, know, car yeah, race, uh, as we would say, but um, but so so basically, I think the thesis of of this story is, but with all of that excitement and all of that, you know, like yes, whoa, look at these right. bike sharing communities. This, this almost like this, don't this, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the, uh, this excitement and this almost demographic certainty. Of, yes. of, of this need for this market. With all of that said, do not repeat the mistakes of the past, which is one of the mistakes of the past is uh, billions were poured into a chi- Chinese bike sharing startups, uh, as uh, as it, the article mentions, like Tencent. Uh, with Tencent did this, Alibaba, uh, Didi, Chuxin, uh, all participated in funding rounds right. for these things. Basically, the long and short of it is. With what with, with uh, like uh, chi- China overextended themselves, produced too many bikes, tried bike sharing locations, and these bikes they had all kinds of issues. They had like bikes they they produced more bikes than there were users. They had bikes getting piled up in these like locations. They had bikes getting stolen. They had that's bikes inter- getting that's really damaged. People don't think about like the uh, origin destination patterns right. of, of bike sharing right? and all of these things were eating into profits <clears throat> and uh they and they were uh <clears throat> on top of everything else they they also against the sustainability idea of bikes in the first place they were realizing china was at this time that it was cheaper to just make a new bike than fix the broken bikes oh, God. and so it was just it was just a cluster and then, and then it was a cluster truck yeah you know <laughs> right right and, as we said 
Uh, so, so, so basically, I think the thesis of this story is while there's excitement in the space, and, right. and electric bikes, we should treat them a little bit differently than just regular bikes. Electric bikes are, whoa, have you ever been on one, man? No, no. They're cool. They're super light. You, you, you have to pedal. You do have to pedal a little oh, bit. That's sucks. I know, right? But it, it's like you have to pedal a little bit. Man, they go so fast. It's really pretty darn exciting. That might be my kind of. Do they make like electric mountain bikes? <laughs> uh, if if only. <laughs> I can't but, yeah, actually that. they do. And and Silent Berry is giving us the nod. They're Ooh. they're they're in like I don't know if this is your cup of tea, but they're in like a thirty five hundred dollar range. Like if you want one, but boy, you'll handle those berms really well. Just kind of give it a little juice, right? Around, you know. I barely know how to ride a bike, but um, well, you know you what? Know, so thirty five hundred dollars. We need to work on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good time, so, man. Well, what so, a fun story. But it's so interesting. Like it's over capacity. It's man. It's it's Ooh. it's almost just like trucking, right? It's managing the assets. Are they being used? How many bikes are actually generating revenue? What do you do with the maintenance? Like, like you have these people taking your physical asset, the bike, driving it somewhere. Are they bringing it back? Are yeah. they are they ditching it? Where's this last mile delivering? You know what I'm saying? Like, are yeah. they all are they all like? Is your network designed poorly, and so that all the all the bikes in your network basically end up piled up in some central place, and people Uber it back out of the city after they're drunk? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's people haven't thought that through. Not a lot, but and, let's hope that Uber does learn from the mistakes of the past and that they are not repeated. It's kind of a cool story. Uh, you know, Uber diversifying. It's all, it's all its about it's all about asset utilization. It's so Whoa. so interesting. Whoa. Because it's, I it's, like the way that you just like frame the entire to, it's, episode. It's very similar to trucking. All right, let's see if we can bring it back to asset utilization with our next story. Oh yeah, we can. Five years in, we definitely can. Uh, the China's Belt and Road looks like a giant debt trap, as you wrote on this one too, JP. What a week for you. The Belt and Road, by the way, everybody. If you've heard of the um, the new Silk Road. China's new Silk Road. That's what this is about. Tell, yeah. us, tell us what's going on, yeah. man. Some imperialism. Yeah, so the Belt and Road Initiative um, kind of saw the, its fifth anniversary on Monday. And what that is, is China's um, aggressive, ambitious plan to develop infrastructure through Central Asia, all the way to Europe, through South Asia, through the actually the Middle East and even East Africa in order to connect their economy in a more efficient way to the global economy. And it covers a huge percentage of uh, the, the planet's population and GDP. And what they're doing, that, and so you hear like, oh, China is spending a trillion dollars to build infrastructure in developing countries. Yeah. Well, no, they're not actually spending a trillion dollars. They are no. lending a trillion dollars Wow, how Machiavellian of them! Yeah, and so the the piece I wrote started off with this, um, you know, possibly apocryphal John Adams quote. I, we, it's you know, who knows if he actually said it. The John Adams Historical Society says he did, but who knows? But it's basically there are two ways to conquer and, yeah. and enslave a nation. One is by the sword. One is by debt. And ch- Chinese geopolitical thinkers still have um excuse me an ideological opposition to conquering by the sword they think that's what america did they look at our military dominance and what they, they're doing in the south china sea 
that and and that contradicts yeah yeah, it's not just all soft it's not all soft um but they want to kind of maintain the image of like okay we we're an alternative to western imperialism yeah but what they're doing basically is they're getting i I don't like it they're getting these countries to borrow money from them and they're often weaker countries oh always weaker always okay yeah i mean we're talking about places like tonga (laughs) places like djibouti which is a country of you know a country of less than a million people in east africa Wow, you know, countries like I didn't even know. I honestly I admit I don't. I didn't know about that country. Yeah, places like Sri Lanka, right? Yeah. And they're saying like, okay, we're gonna build this. Ma- you know, for example, we're gonna build this massive maritime container port for you that will attract so much traffic. It will generate all this revenue and economic development for your country. Blah blah blah. And they're like, okay, East North Borneo. Like, is that another one? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's literally all over the world. Um. And what happens is these countries can't end up paying the debt back and China seizes the assets and then uses them strategically for whatever they want. So it's uh, it's very imperialistic of them. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's and been a lot of pushback. Um, Malaysia, for example, just canceled billions of dollars worth of China-funded projects because they said it, it, it was a new form of imperialism. Um, one of the projects they canceled was a... billion project financed by the China Petroleum Pipeline Bureau. And they were like, no, like we're not going to get into this game with you. We can't compete with you. Yeah, It's a way for you to seize control of our assets. I think think there is a little bit of pushback happening now. Um, We probably don't need to go into the weeds of what every country is suffering from this. But I think uh, if I may interject this about your story... That I think is interesting is that the I don't know if it's irony or not, but like in general, when we're th- when we hear you know over the past few years, we've heard of this idea of the new Silk Road. Yeah, yeah. It's usually associated with like innovation. Yeah, yeah. Look at this cool exactly. things, and when it's fully realized, it would cover more than sixty eight countries, including sixty five percent of the world's population and forty percent of all the global GDP, and it could you know yeah. the ultimate investment could be a trillion dollars and. To me, all of that's like positive, positive, positive. Exactly, and exactly. Then exactly, we hear the method up to the madness. Yeah, exactly. And we're and like, that's wow, what the story uncovers. Like they're they're really putting this infrastructure development first. They're doing it right. Everyone's going to grow together. Like, the, wow, maybe this is something America should be doing. Yada yada yada. Yeah. But it's like, and then uh, oh no, oh. no, no. But could you imagine if? If the United States were doing this approach, oh my! I mean, we good. do we do a little I, bit of it, and we try to offset. You know, we, we try to make counteroffers. It's so imperialistic. It's it's bad, dude. It's, it's really bad. Like especially in Sri Lanka. So they said we're going to build this container port. Right. And Sri Lanka was like, okay, never use it for military purposes, only commercial. And China's like, okay. But then yeah. Sri Lanka couldn't make the debt payments. China seized it got basically a conditionless 99 year lease on the port 99 years and now they can do whatever they want century yeah Yeah. now they can do whatever they want with it for the next 100 years i think uh this this is this is a story that has like bigger legs than oh yeah average just just the beginning you know how all this plays out you know transportation story yeah Uh, but it's all it's all about infrastructure 
It's about transportation. Oh yeah. It's about you yeah. know economies and how they're linked together. It's a social um, and cultural, it's, it's going to be going on. Political. It's going to be going on for you know years to come. Obviously. Yes, I think so. Um, and uh, and we cover it all uh, at um, uh, on freight on freight waves here on what the truck. Yeah. So um, the last story we have, um, you know, briefly is. Atri, uh, the research arm of the American Trucking Associations, you know, is making a case for more hours of service flexibility. Exactly. A lot of this is already being, um, frankly, considered by the FMCSA. But, I, yeah. Um, you know, just give us a, you know, Brian Strait wrote an exhaustive article on this that I definitely recommend you guys read if you're interested in it's really detailed yeah uh, yeah and, and it breaks uh, it all down um he, he's an, really an expert on this but you know chad can you tell us a little bit just hit the highlights the the overview of of the study it, it, this what the this the, the overall i think summary effect of the study gives just increasing depth of credibility to the argument these aren't anecdotal <laughs> these aren't like truckers anecdotally just getting frustrated about what's happening out there no this no, no, is no. this is uh substantive like measured uh scientifically you know like with, with like through like a really a- appropriate types of studies uh, they they looked at what their overall exa- examination. They looked at a 585 mile route. It included one 40 mile stretch a- a through Atlanta. Uh, but they well it did it did that because the, it was representative of a f- what they call a representative freight significant corridor. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. And, and they used you know this this stretch to and they compared it to GPS data of three thousand six hundred truck trips over this o- overall area, and they came came up with like all of these like all of this lost time, and and just like with just lost productivity. Pro- productivity. It, it, it basically, they were like, if you. The regu- the regulators in charge here. If if we could just get a four four hours of flexibility within the hours of service right. window, it would like, result. Let, let me wait out a a traffic jam by going off duty. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well put. I mean, that's a, a, uh, they they specifically they they noted that it would re- result in a forty five and a half minutes less of driving time. Because the four-hour race, uh, four-hour rest break would allow the driver to avoid a relatively small forty-mile stretch. Right, uh, right, right. You if, know, you, if you're going through a major freight hub like Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, and you have to hit rush hour, like this would give you basically the option to like opt out, take a break, and then you still have all of your driving time when the traffic, like you know, sort of tamps down. What what um one uh good good quote um from uh, Strait's article is uh, if only twenty five truck trips per day were avoided, the congested weekday time period presented you know in this in the st- truck drivers would drive forty seven hundred fewer hours annually to move the same goods the same distance. So once again, if only twenty five truck trips per day avoided that particular congested time because of the flexibility, they would save annually 
It's it's a lot to comprehend, but they would they would they would they would say forty six. So there's some big numbers. Yeah, I mean that's that's over an hour a day of your life back, and you make the same amount of money. Who wouldn't be in favor of that? There's all kinds. Of, I think it's hard to consume listening to it, but it's there's all kind. There's millions, and that's what we, that's actually what that's actually what we hear from the other side. Dean Krogh talking about the uh-huh. HOS um, flexibility stuff that's that the FMCSA is considering now. He was like, yeah, it's basically like, you know, what it boils down to, if you take all the proposals, it's an extra hour a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me there. Um, uh, let's see. I think that we have covered some amazing and diverse headlines yeah. of a week leading up into the end of summer. Right. The beginning the beginning of the, of the end. Season. The beginning of the end <laughs> of summer. Yeah, and perhaps just the very beginning of fall peak season for transportation. Wow, way to bring it back! And uh, let's do. Bi- it's time for big deal or little deal. <laughs> and what's the deal with you? And we've. I think we're on a roll, man. Like I don't know here, but we are ready to kill it. For like the third or fourth time in a row. And are you ready, JP? Ready. Hit me. Zed Connect moving beyond ELDs into vehicle intelligence. Big deal or little deal? It's a really big deal. Uh, they're backed by Cummins. And you know this is the next natural ev- evolutionary step for ELDs. UPS announces new merchant warehouse matchmaking platform. Big deal or little deal? I think it's a little deal. They're following XPO's lead here. Uh, it makes sense. And I think there's room in the market for multiple winners. Average MPG up 2% among 20 top fleets as fuel efficiency technology deployment grows. Big deal or little deal? It's a little deal. Um, I think the best performing drivers are actually averaging over 10 MPGs, not in the sevens. So there's still quite a lot of work to be done to coach uh, even top fleet drivers better. North America's auto supply chain up in air as Canada wants in on NAFTA 2.0. Big deal or little deal? This is a huge deal, especially for the Windsor to Detroit lane, which um, connects Canada and America's automotive industries. Anheuser-Busch bringing beer to blockchain advertising with KIP. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Another enterprise application for blockchain. All the data is written on Ethereum hourly and only visible to those with the encryption key. Mexico instates first ever hours of service regulations. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Driving has never been managed on the federal level in Mexico. Rates will go up. Still striking out the lasting impacts of the 10-day truck strike in Brazil. Little deal. I mean, it's still chaos in Brazil. They're overbooking at ports by 200% and should be during a boom time of soybean exports, but it's been chaos in Brazil. Regional manufacturing readings are mixed as tariffs and trucking capacity disrupt activity. Big deal or little deal? In terms of the story of 2018, this is a little deal. Growth remains positive, but tariffs and capacity are inhibiting growth. Boom. Boom. Dun-dun-dun. Nice. What a week. Yeah, dude. Glad to awesome. cover it with you again. Yeah, Episode so 26 fun. in the books. So fun. And we beat the enhanced Big Deal or Little Deal once again. Wow. Booyah. And that'll do it for the big stories this week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly. So be sure to subscribe to What the Truck 
on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're interested in freight economics and finance, come to our Market Waves Conference at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine at Texas this November. Visit marketwaves18.com to learn more about this event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck? Truck.